You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. The game starts at 8 o'clock. I got an hour and a half drive after the game. I know nobody cares about my situation, but please. I care. Oh, thanks, buddy. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, Welcome to another edition of the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty. We are a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Holy man, I have a whole new respect for people that get up in the morning every single day. I was up at 3.30 this morning. I did the morning show uh, on the radio station, Z98.9 and Red Deer. And, you know, I really didn't know there was a point where you could have too much coffee. I reached that point today. I am sh- I got the shakes. Like I feel like a bag of crap. That's dangerous stuff. You sound like me on Monday morning when I tried to golf. I had the DTs after the wedding week. <laughs> Man, I thought you would have been <laughs> detoxing. Oh, it was it was pretty rough the first couple holes, but then uh you know, I pounded a Gatorade and some waters, and I was good. I sweated a lot of it out. Oh, you were all good to go then. That that's sweat, man. When uh, that after that wedding, you lay down and you could see the sweat on the bed sheet. <laughs> oh, it was. I've, I'm I'm pretty sure that the bride's parents had to wash the spare room that I slept in because I was not clean. <laughs> I was soaked from head to toe, and of course they're farmers, so there's no air conditioning. Just a fan and a window. They are machines. That's another group that I have a whole new respect for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed up to the, the rehearsal Friday night, and you're like, okay, uh, we're going to go haul some bales, bud. And I'm like, no, I'm going to hang out with the ladies. <laughs> yep, yeah, we sent we sent you to the house. <laughs> I'm such a wimp. Well, we... Well, we we knew you couldn't do it because of your back and your knees and everything, so we just we gave you a free pass. We tried to make John do some work, and all he had to do was drive the damn truck. Oh, what else is new? Oh, he's soft. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about week eight. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. Has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, we got a double header tonight. Thursday night football. Ottawa, five and a half point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts. McLeod Bethel Thompson getting his first career start for the Argonauts. The Argos actually swept the season series last year, but these teams were closely matched. 53-49, the Argos outscored the Red Blacks. We go to Ottawa first here. This is big. Big news for the Red Blacks. Kyrie Z. Bear was seen on crutches at practice. Rick Campbell said it was precautionary originally. I love the paranoid nature of football coaches. Really? You're going to use crutches as precautionary? <laughs> it's not a thing. Like, Don't lie. But Kyrie's is on the six-game injured list. That is a big blow 
for that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor Harris averages almost 20 points against the Argos in his career, though, or in the last few years at least. So maybe he is a nice option if the Red Blacks can get the ball in the end zone because uh, I don't know how much longer they can uh, keep relying on Lewis Ward as their all-star. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know, it, we say it, we've said it a lot. Field goals don't win you football games. Well, we were proved wrong on Saturday. That being said, <laughs> yeah, they, you need to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, you know, and he's got three really good receivers. Uh, you know, Brad Sinopoli's clicking along right now. Greg Allison averages uh, 19.1 against Toronto. Deontay Spencer doesn't have the best games against Toronto. They still have William Powell. Hasn't had the best success against Toronto, but with their defense being banged up as it is, uh, there could be some big numbers on the Ottawa side of the ball. You know, last week... Uh, we were made to look like fools a lot of the time. I think you literally said Mike Riley's not going to score the same amount as two players, and then he goes up, puts up over 41 points. So It's a, it's a one-off, though, let's be honest. <laughs> He's not going to do that every week. Yeah, if he does it again, then what? <laughs> then I guess you find a new co-host. <laughs> I'm just surprised Manziel doesn't cost 40000 this week. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think he's already won two Grey Cups with the coverage he gets. <laughs> oh, man, you'd think he's that Eskimos dynasty in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. William Powell averages uh, 10 points against the Argos over the past uh, few seasons here. The Argo rush defense hasn't been all that impressive so far, but at seven eight hundred bucks, hey, maybe he is a nice option. Yeah, it's you know him and Andrew Harris are up there. Andrew Harris out the, or on bye this week, so him and James Wilder are really your two high paying options in the same game. It depends on what you get for defenses. Uh, this this could literally be a shootout. Um, it could also be heavily one sided. I. Don't see Toronto's offense doing a lot. However, Kyrie Bear being out, uh, uh, I don't know, kind of the running game could be more p- prevalent for both sides uh, just with how beat up the two defenses are in the middle. Yeah, I kind of like uh, picking the Ottawa defense in this one simply because they are only right around $3,600. So it's a nice option on TSN mm-hmm. CFL Fantasy. Now we have to pay. For Brad Sinopoli, if we want him in our lineup, he is over $7,000, nearly $1,000 more than Greg Ellingson. You have to assume that Ellingson and Spencer are going to get going soon, and this one kind of seems like it could be the prime candidate for that explosion to happen. For sure. Toronto's defense this year is piss poor, to put it lightly, Um, you know, and Brad Sinopoli has been hot. He, you don't want to go away from the hot hand. You still want to give him the ball. But Greg Allison and Deontay Spencer need to be need to get going at some point. Uh, Spencer could be looking at a lot of return yards if Bethel Thompson can't move that football. There are going to be lots of punts. Uh, you know, James Franklin hasn't really done a whole lot of a lot to instill confidence in Tressman. So I think Bethel Thompson's going to you know get a get the opportunity to work through through anything that happens uh, for the most part until, you know, maybe it comes down to crunch time or garbage time. Uh, But I think early on, Spencer might get a lot of looks in the special teams aspect as well. 
interesting to note, both defenses have given up the exact same number of passing yards, 1,709. So it's right around 285 passing yards a game, but the Argos' rush defense significantly worse than Ottawa's, 126.7 yards a game so far this season. So William Powell is an attractive option there. As for Toronto, SJ Green did miss practice on Monday with a banged up knee. He is in the lineup, but man, a less than healthy SJ Green for what that receiving core already looks like. And McLeod Bethel Thompson getting in there. I have to think that they're really going to be leaning on James Wilder Jr. in here, especially without Kyrie Zebear available. Well, and with a healthy SJ Green, when is this offense done? Nothing. Right? So, I mean, with with Thompson in there, I think James Wilder's going to get a lot of carries, uh, a lot of a lot of dump-offs, a lot of safety valve kind of, uh, you know, short little hitch routes where he kind of leaks out of the backfield. Uh, this, this receiving core has not done a thing, really, you know, except for maybe one game for each each receiver that's had one good game. Uh, they haven't done a whole heck of a lot to help help their quarterback situation at all. I really hope that Martise Jackson continues to get more work in the offense. He's got screwed out of a touchdown last week. Still gets the <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got screwed out of that touchdown too. Uh, still gets the return work. So hey, he might be a, a nice uh, cheap running back option for your fantasy lineup. Who are you picking to win? I got to take the Red Blacks. Uh, you know, Rookie quarterback, guy who hasn't started a game, and a depleted defense for the Argos, um, while already depleted on top of what was already not a very good defense. I just don't see how Ottawa loses this game. I'm going for Ottawa as well, but they've had this chance before where they get a chance to really take hold of first in the East Division and then things go wrong. They really need to get some consistency going. And if they lose to Toronto, then I really don't know about Trevor Harris. Let's be honest, this is a trap game for Trevor Harris. It seems like uh, it. Because he needs to have a good game. He needs to needs to come out and be be the, the, the quarterback we all have seen him be in his hot stretches. But it's a perfect opportunity for him to throw for 180 yards, a touchdown, and four picks and lose this football game. Because we've seen that before, too. All right, I think this one is probably game of the week, although it might be another wet one in Edmonton. They are seven-point favorites over Chris Jones and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but it was a big week in Rider News. Last season, the team split the season series, and (laughs) it was basically a pair of blowouts, wasn't it? Because the Riders Mm -hmm. outscored the S 67-59, but that includes a 54-31 win in Week 10. So both games were blowouts in the opposite direction, and it was a big news in Ryderville. We start on Monday. The news coming out, the Jerome Messam, Canadian running back for the Riders, has been charged with voyeurism. I have never seen a football player get charged with this, but the league has shown they're going to be real swift and real fast with these moves. His contract has been voided. He's been let go by the riders. That came, it seemed to me, 
kind of out of nowhere, it does surround an incident happening back in November of 2016 when he was a Calgary Stampeder, but... Fans on Twitter are fast to point the finger and blame Chris Jones or blame the Stampeders. There's one person to blame here. I'm sorry. It's Jerome Messam. I, I would agree with that. However, Chris Jones would have known about this and still took the chance. That being said, it's not his fault that Jerome Messam did this. You know, take take the chance, get him on your roster, and if he is acquitted or this is thrown out he's still on your roster there's no way that they wouldn't have known about this uh it's a shot for chris jones to take to get Messam in and you know what they i don't think the offense is going to miss him all that much if i'm being honest there are a lot of people that seem to think that Messam wasn't getting the ball much because of these pending charges that had nothing to do with it i don't think he was getting the ball much because he hasn't been good no, uh, they had the one game where, you know, they used, uh, was it Trey Mason, either Christian Jones, and Jerome Messam, and they used them, like, in the right, they slotted them right, so to speak. Um, you know, where you had Trey Mason as, you know, he was in there, made a lot of plays uh, when you needed him to. I get Marcus Sigpen as well, you know, they, they kind of split carries and, you know, got the job done. And then when you needed the big guy to get in there and kill time and keep the and have the ball security... Well, then you brought in Jerome Messam as your closer, kind of like a bullpen. Um, and, you know, that was the only time we really saw anything that looked like the old Jerome Messam. Elsewhere on this team, Nick Marshall returned to practice. And that is big because Caleb Hawley's going to miss this game. This means that... Deron Carter returns to the offensive side of the ball. And what I like about this is he's going to be playing slot back. Now, most of his career, he's been playing wide receiver. You see what happened to Duke Williams when Edmonton moved him to slot back? I think if they keep him at this position, and who knows, he might go back uh, to wide receiver once Caleb Hawley returns to the lineup. But, hey, we, we got a shot here. It may be a... A nice game from Duran. Nothing would surprise me from him anymore because you know what? The last few weeks, since he got burned against Montreal, he's actually looked pretty good on defense. He looks awkward when he tries to tackle, but other than that, he does look okay. he did look okay on defense. And I, I think that a lot of that too is Jones finding a way to protect him. Uh, you know, kind of hides the flaws there with with the scheme and you know him playing the wide side of the field now. Uh, you know, gives him a little more time to react. That being said, it finally getting your best offensive threat on the right side of the ball. And it's I, I'm so happy. You're going to like this too, Brazilian tie. Seven offensive linemen are on the roster. I'm going to assume they're only going to dress six, but Josiah St. John on the roster? What happened? <laughs> I, I have I have no idea. I, I forget who it was, but I saw it on Twitter. They were talking to Chris Jones. Uh, oh, Ariel Zer Zer, yeah, sound yep. right. Um, she asked him, "How long is Eddie Steele going to be your backup offensive lineman?" And he said, "Forever." He did, yeah. That worried me when I read that. I'm like, "Oh man, here we go again." At least dress six because Edmonton's dressing six. 
you know, I want I would rather have somebody in there who's done it. That I know Eddie Steele has done it, but you know, at, you're just creating holes elsewhere uh, by you know doing that. Uh, but yeah, you know, if he's going to dress six, awesome. If he's throwing Carter on the right side of the ball, maybe he's out of position. But I mean, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I'm sure when he's been in practice, he's probably been practicing as a slot back. I don't see why you wouldn't practice him there if that's where you intended to play him. And, you know, fi- finally it looks like, and with Marshall coming back, if he is going to play, that just, that everything's starting to come back together, what we saw week one, although week one wasn't the best game we've seen them play. Um, it'll be nice to have that starting lineup back together. Also the big news, Zach Caleros listed as starter for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They pull him off the six-game injured list. It is a $50,000 cap hit, so yeah, they are going to play Zach Caleros. Chris Jones also said that Brandon Bridge might be seeing a little bit of time. I have no problem with... Of course he will. Yeah, I know, exactly. (laughs) I have no problem seeing him get out there for short yardage and maybe throw Mm -hmm. a deep throw on first and 10. What I don't like is those stupid red zone packages where they throw in the backup quarterback that the starter drove all the way down the field and then you throw the backup in for the red zone package. It makes no sense to me. I I don't know why coaches do it. And and then the defense knows what's coming. Oh yeah, right. Like it, if he throws it from the one, that they can have that. But that team is going to be making sure that Brandon Bridge does not get into the end zone. It, it makes zero sense to me why we change your entire game plan to try to, to to try to gain one yard when you know you had no problem gaining those yards coming all the way down the field. You still have twenty one yards because you have a twenty yard end zone. You can still run a lot of the same plays. Just just leave your starter in and go for it. You don't have to change that much. The coaches overcoach and they overthink and they beat themselves more than they get beat by the other coach. They just outcoach themselves. And that's that's an example of that for sure. We saw it happen in the Grey Cup with the Stampeders. They were doing something similar with uh, Andrew Buckley. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if the play they called would have worked with Bo Levi Mitchell in that situation, but... You you live and die with your stars. You live and die with the guys that got you there. So I think if a starter gets you down the field, he should be able to try and get into the end zone. For sure. We we watch basically every sport that there is, right? Between yeah. the two of us. If you're watching a hockey game and the Oilers are on the Oilers are on, on a or in a shootout, who who's taking the shot? Who's taking that first shot to make sure you get a goal? Connor McDavid. Well, how about right? we talk when about had, Team Canada when, at the Nagano Olympics? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Crawford not picking Gretzky. Gretzky didn't want to shoot, though. I asked Trevor Linden about this. Gretzky didn't want. Nobody wanted to shoot. Um, you know, Marion Rivera, give the ball to your best player, yeah. Michael Jordan. Right, give the ball to your best player. Your backup quarterback is not your best player. If he was, he would not be your backup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, I mean. Ray, Ray Allen even like yeah LeBron James is the best player on the floor but Ray Allen's the best three-point shooter and that's what they needed it, it give it to the best guy and keep the ball in his hands as far as fantasy goes I really like either of the rider running backs being Trey Mason or Marcus Thigpen I actually see them maybe giving Mason the ball 
every down and getting Thigpen in there in the receiving game and as a change of pace guy. And here is why they're not going to miss Jerome Messam. This season, 3.9 yards per carry. Trey Mason, 5.4. Marcus Thigpen, 8. I know he's only got 21 uh, carries, but 8 yards per carry. So, yeah, Messam, you help with the ratio, mm-hmm. but they get St. John on there, and they, they got an extra offensive lineman now, so they're going to be just fine with Trey Mason mm-hmm. and Marcus Thigpen, and they provide some nice value at running back. Oh, yeah, Marcus Thigpen, just over fifty thousand or $5,000. Uh, Trey Mason, even cheaper than that. Uh, it just depends on, you know, what you're feeling for who you think is going to get the more carries. Uh, you know, I'm partial Marcus Sigpen because, you know, he's been carrying the load a yeah. lot this year for this team. And, you know, it's really hard to get away from that, especially at that value, because he can, he can produce as much as a guy that costs you $8,000. The Eskimos rush defense giving up 130 yards a game and 5.8 yards per carry. And they're tied for first in giving up rushing touchdowns as well. So I think Thigpen and Mason could have a big game. Do you see a scenario, Brazilian tie, where you have Deron Carter in your lineup? $3,763. He could either put up 28 or 2. Mm-hmm. There, there's almost no in-between there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm personally staying away because of the time he has spent away from the offense. I know he's practiced, but I I just, I don't know. And especially with Kalaros coming back, it's just, you know, a new quarterback. I know that they played one or like one and a half games together. It's I, I'm staying away just because of the lack of, or lack of consistency in the lineup. And I think he helps Naaman Roosevelt. Maybe not in this mm-hmm. game, but definitely as uh, the season progresses to have Carter back, uh, giving Roosevelt some space. Let's talk about the Eskimos. Justin Sorensen hits the six-game injured list. That is a tough loss for that Eskimos offensive line. Mike Riley, $14,000. Could we see another five-touchdown performance against the Riders? I don't know if we do. I I could see five passing touchdowns. Uh, I can't see a lot of rushing touchdowns. This run, this run defense is so good. Uh, Riley only needs 138 passing yards to move into 20th all time in the CFL. 467 to get to 19th. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's going to be in 20th. You said the Ryder Rush defense, uh, the best in the league, 71.7 yards per game. So. C.J. Gable might not be the running back to roll with this week, although I am still real comfortable with picking Duke Williams. I know he's $8,000, but the guy's getting 100 yards and a touchdown every week. It seems like nobody can stop him. No, he's big body, goes up, and he he jumps for every ball, even if he doesn't have to, his feet are off the ground. A 50-50 ball, he's winning it 99% of the time. So... If you have to find a way, if you can get Mike Riley and Duke Williams in your lineup, good for you. I, <laughs> I'm not doing it. That's over half of your points, and you got five more positions to fill. That would be impressive. But I think I've had Duke in my lineup every week, and this week will be no different. 
Who are you picking to win? Oh, I can't <laughs> believe you're making me do this. Uh, you you asked me, do I have to pick a winner? <laughs> uh, it's really a toss-up to me because the Riders seem to play well in Edmonton, uh, especially lately. And Kalaros, Carter back on the offense, transfer some points. Uh, but Edmonton's offense at home is just too good that I think they'll they'll take this one. And Mike Riley will probably be the difference. Uh, you know, just he he seems to put the the entire offense on his back and just take over a game. So I got to go with the Eskimos. It has been a different Rider team in Commonwealth Stadium since Chris Jones joined the Rider mm-hmm. organization because in the uh, I'm even going to say 25 years before that the Riders at Commonwealth Stadium has been embarrassing. But since Jones has showed up, he likes to step up for the teams he's been with. Mm -hmm. And that is Edmonton. That is Calgary. So it might be a close game. It looks like we got a 60% chance of a thunderstorm in Edmonton. Man, please don't delay this game. I got to be up 4 o'clock on Friday morning. The game starts at 8 o'clock. I got an hour and a half drive after the game. I know nobody cares about my situation, but please. (laughs) I care. Oh, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Do you remember when we used to get so jacked up to drive from Lloydminster to Edmonton for a Ryder game and then how dejected and quiet we were on the way home? But how much food did we eat at the Flying J buffet? Oh my god! And then have to stop it, have to stop in Innisfree because we're all sick, and then load up with high grade subs for the rest of the way home. Dude, that stuff had been sitting there all day. By the time we show up at eleven thirty and polish it off, but it, it is the tra- best. <laughs> it is a tradition for me to pick against the Riders when they play at Commonwealth Stadium. If they win, I'm going to be getting the tweets left and right. But whatever, I am going with the Edmonton Eskimos in this one. Before we get to the game that everybody's talking about, i got to say thank you to ATB Financial. Of course, we've seen a big movement in the league over the last few years with the You Can Play clothing line, and ATB also supports sexual and gender minorities in youth and adults. So they've partnered with Camp Firefly and the Jasper Lethbridge Edmonton and Calgary Pride Parades and festivals. Of course, ATB accepts all Albertans. Make sure you check out atb.com slash pride. Friday Night Football. I think the cool part about Manziel starting is that it's against the team that tried so hard to get him to Canada in the first place. The Ticats are six and a half point favorites, which seems kind of low. I wonder if there are some people betting on Montreal. Uh, which, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, has moved the line in that uh, that favor a little bit. Now, the Ticats, as bad as they started the season last year, smashed Montreal in the season series a year ago. They outscored him 76-16. to 16? Is that a typo? <laughs> I, 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 I looked. I did the math twice. Now, I could do it a third time. I could, it could change, so I'm just going to leave it at that for now. That is nuts. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't pretty. And so Brandon Banks missed practice Monday and Tuesday and was seen wearing a brace on his left knee. He ended up practicing on Wednesday, though. 
good news for Hamilton. Luke Tasker, Terrence Tolliver have returned, and it looks like Alex Green will be coming back. The Ticats team really changed last year once they started giving Alex Green the ball and once June Jones took over. It seems like they trust Alex Green, and I think when the Ticats have their running game going... They have their entire team going. So give Alex Which is something Green. they never had with Kent Austin. No, he, th- that's exactly why people are learning all mm-hmm. about C.J. Gable in Edmonton now because mm-hmm. he, he's a world-class running back in Hamilton, and they would give him six carries a game. It was a joke. Yeah, it was brutal. And when your offense is that one-dimensional, you, you're pretty easy to stop. Absolutely. They they know exactly what's coming in this one. Now, Jeremiah Mazzoli uh, hasn't had the best success against Montreal in the last few years. But if you look at their defense, they're giving up 299 pass yards a game. And Mazzoli seems to be a 300-yard machine. Mm -hmm. And as far as touchdowns go, that alouette defense has given up pass touchdowns left and right they're like red light rascal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we have Masoli at 7.9 averaging uh against montreal that's just in games played i haven't figured out his starter stats yet i'm working on all of that so we yeah. can get a little more of an idea he is averaging 17.9 points a game this year um you know that's pretty good uh, $9,000 have a real problem paying that much. I do think we're getting some real value out of Jalen Saunders now. He had 154 yards Whew. last week. Uh, he's under $6,600. Brandon Banks is banged up. He's averaged 14.2 points this season. So I think he's a nice addition to fantasy lineups this mm-hmm. week. Oh, uh- any of these guys that are like Tasker and Tolliver coming back, it's huge. Al Screen coming back, it's huge. This entire receiving core can put up points. Now, I'm not saying they all will put up points, but one or two of these guys has, well, everybody on, in the core has an opportunity to put up a big night as long as Masoli is the Jeremiah Masoli we've seen, not the Jeremiah Masoli we saw two games in a row against Saskatchewan. And I think having Alex Green back will help the pass game. I uh, think the Ticat defense is probably a popular pick this week. We'll go through our lineups. Oh, he's in my. He's in. They're in my <laughs> lineup. <laughs> probably not a bad pick. Watch Madzell throw for five hundred yards. Uh, <laughs> oh. Great. Now I'm gonna have the. I'm gonna wake up in a cold sweat now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll have a nightmare too. As for the <laughs> Alouettes. Yes, we finally get to talk about a quarterback that's going to be starting. What a novelty. Manziel is the 14th starting quarterback for the Owls since Calvillo retired only five years ago. We should try to find out how many offensive coordinators that is because I bet you it's almost in the double digits too. (laughs) I'll find that out and I'll tweet it out later. I'll I'll figure that out. It won't be that hard. Okay, uh, TJ Heath and Adarius Bowman both practicing for the Owls this week, but Tommy Campbell missed Wednesday's session. That would be uh, a tough loss for that Owls defense if Campbell couldn't go on Friday. Now, Johnny Madzell... $7,000. $7,000. What did you write on this prep sheet, Brazilian tie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I 
Can I, can I rephrase it? Sure. <laughs> if I had five words and I was about to expire, they definitely wouldn't be Tron Funkin' Blows. <laughs> oh, like that se- is amazing. $7,000? <laughs> Give me a break, TSN. Okay, here's a bet. So Johnny Manziel is exactly half of Mike Riley. Will he oh. score half of Mike Riley's points? No. I'm going to guess no as well. I, I think I think the interceptions might kill him. We'll see what happens next week. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Now, he doesn't have anybody to throw to. B.J. Cunningham yeah. is a good receiver, and he's real cheap. He's $4,800, and he averages almost 18 points against the Ticats over the last few years. Maybe he throws to him. Ernest Jackson, this has been a, a fall for the ages, hasn't it? He's a good route runner. Just can't catch the ball. And he won't run his routes fast. He just kind of jogs nope. them. <laughs> yep. It's like Bryce Harper running out a ground ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's enough of this game. Who are you picking to win? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Montreal. No, I'm taking Hamilton. <laughs> uh, I, I, do I even need a reason Montreal doesn't score? And until they prove that they can, other than the game against the Riders, they're, they're not going to. Uh, Hamilton scores over 27 points on the road. Montreal only scores 19 and a half at home. So I got, I got to take the tie cats. One more note on the Alouettes. What were your thoughts on Vernon Adams comments against uh, or on the fans that were at the Owls game last week? I, we talked, this is tough for me. It's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, he shouldn't have said it because it makes him look a little immature. But, in the same breath, you can turn or you can speak out the other side of your mouth and say, "We want players to be honest." He was honest, and people are now shredding him for it. I, so I, I, I get why he said it. I'd be pissed too if I was in his shoes. Yeah. You know, Manzel was going to start the next game. He knew Manzel was going to start the next game unless he did something big. He tried. He failed miserably. The lesson is never try. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> like we've we've seen teams get booed off the field at halftime, you know, and in Saskatchewan especially, the backup quarterback is always the favorite player. Um, but everybody knew that it was inevitable that Manziel was going to be starting, um, and so why not throw him in? It, it was it was basically garbage time after halftime. We we knew Montreal wasn't going to get much going and, unless something changed, and maybe Manziel would have been that spark. Who knows? I don't think so. Um, but I get it. He's pissed. I would be too. Uh, I have no problem with what he said. Um, you know, he's being honest, and we always get pissed when all we get is cookie-cutter answers. That being said, it did seem immature, but, I mean, that's how he felt. That's how he felt. I'm not going to fault a guy for it. Here is the thing that angers me. You know that even if Vernon Adams had a three-touchdown lead and they were going to win that game against Edmonton, they still mm-hmm. would have been crying for Johnny Manziel. So the fact yep. that they don't even care about their team winning the game, that yep. is, that's the piss-off to me. I, I hope he's good, and I hope he gets a shot in the NFL, and then we don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> I like that, too. Oh. I, I'm exhausted with it. I'm done. 
But now we're gonna have to talk about him because he's starting. I hope he sucks. Actually, I don't know what I I don't know what I want anymore. What does he have to do to be, to be the East MOP nominee? Because really, I don't think he has to do much at this point. <laughs> you know, have a positive touchdown to interception ratio and finish nine and nine. <laughs> oh, if he brings the Owls to five hundred, hey, Crompton did it. Hey, that's true. But Crompton, if he didn't cut his hair, he'd still be in Montreal. I maintain that. Um, he probably would have won MOP. <laughs> exactly. The power of the hair, man. The Calgary, mm-hmm. I'm picking Montreal, or Hamilton too, by the way. Sorry. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> Calgary, home to BC, 11.5 point favorites. They outscored BC by 18 last year and swept the season series. For BC, Jeremiah Johnson is good to go. But Brandon Rutley is on the six-gamer after suffering a torn ACL. That's a rough one for uh, Rutley. That's a season-ender. Yeah, this is a big injury for the Lions. Chris Rainey sat out Wednesday, so he's doubtful on Saturday, meaning Trayvon Van could see his Lions debut, but no Rainey. That is a big loss for this team. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, You know, he averages... 15, just under 15.5 points against Calgary. Granted, a lot of that's coming on special teams, a little bit of offense here and there, but he's still averaging 13.3 in the last three years against you know everybody. So that, that is a big loss. He gets a lot of touches, gets a lot of looks. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Johnson only averages 6.7 against Calgary, which is just under half of what his normal output is. Uh, Trayvon Van, 7.1 and 11.5. So, I mean... You're losing. If Chris Rainey doesn't play, that's that's a real big loss for the BC Lions. Maybe Trayvon Van. He, he'll come cheap. Um, he probably will get some return yardage in there, but I'm not sure if I like any fantasy option for BC against the Calgary Stampeder defense. They they've had the bye to prepare for this week. I just don't know if it's been enough, man. Yeah, it this defense right now is is ridiculous. It's not even fair. Um like Lule in his two games this year that he started his average 18 points. I don't know if he even hits that. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be tough for Lule to hit it. The defense might get 18 points. Yeah, this might be a trap game for Calgary. You know what? It's almost like mm-hmm. every game here on out is a trap game to be honest. Until we, you know, 18 when Bo Levi sits out and Arbuckle has to come in because they want to give Bo some time to rest. Yeah. Then it's not really a trap game with the backup quarterback, but they'll still be favored in it. Yeah, they they totally will be. As for Calgary, both Terry Williams and Don Jackson are banged up for the Stamps. Romar Morris had 12 carries against the Riders last week. So if Jackson's not going to do anything and Williams is banged up, there might be some value in Romar Morris this week. BC struggled so far this season against the run, the worst in the league, averaging 135 yards a game on the ground. They've given up Eight uh, rushing touchdowns, second worst in the league as well. But <laughs> the Lions shut down William Powell for the most part without Solomon Elamimian. So who knows? Maybe they're going to be more focused against the mm-hmm. Stamps' uh, rush attack this week. The only problem with you know 
possibly getting Romar Morris in your lineup is that this is the last game of the week. So yeah. you you could get completely screwed if you try that because you're gonna have to leave room to put either Terry Williams or Don Jackson, in, and then you know you've lost you've lost all that salary cap room. Um, that being said, BC did shut down William Powell without Solomon Alamimi, like you said. This Calgary team is a juggernaut, man. I I just don't I don't know how you stop them. If you can fit Eric Rogers in your lineup, he seems to be the guy now, uh, along with Duke Williams. If you can mm-hmm. get him in your lineup, you do it because he he seems like he's impossible to defend. So if you get him in your lineup, nice. Uh, Mark and Michelle has had good games against BC in the past, but so far this season, he kind of seems... Um, touchdown dependent and if he doesn't get the touchdown then he doesn't do much for you last week he only had the one catch against Saskatchewan for 41 yards and a touchdown maybe he can have the big play again against BC this week but if I'm betting on a Calgary receiver I know he's expensive I know he's three thousand dollars more than Michelle but it's got to be Eric Rogers has to be it has to be. He averages 16 points a game. Um, you know, you're going to pay for it. If yeah. you have him and Duke in your lineup, you're looking at possibly 40 points uh, between them. And th- with that, you know, Bo gets those points as well for passing yards and everything. He only needs 363 passing yards to pass Eskimo legend Warren Moon for 36, 32nd overall. So there's another uh, active guy on the list that is going to be moving up. If it's not this week, it'll be next week for sure with this receiving core. Um, you know, th- there's there's a chance here for for this offense to put up a big put up some big fantasy numbers for sure Pick, this week. You're picking Calgary, right? Yeah, not until they. I'm picking them until they lose. They've only allowed eleven point three three points per game. Why did you pick against them every week just so you get it right once? <laughs> Yeah, because I would love 17 straight losses on Pick'em. <laughs> I I might pick the Riders on August 19th. We'll see what happens up until then, but now that they're getting more uh, weapons back, uh, hopefully they can get it together by then. We'll see what happens. Let's talk about your fantasy lineup. You like some Riders this week. I do. Uh, you know, the past... Nobody runs a softer zone defense than Mike Benavides. And I think that that'll be a, a advantage for the Riders offense. I got Kalaros in there. You know, he's pretty cheap. Second cheapest starting quarterback. Marcus Thigpen and Naaman Roosevelt because I, I think Naaman's a target monster, let's be honest. Uh, Terry Williams, some special teams numbers, and we'll see what happens with the running back situation there. Duke Williams, Brad Sinopoli, and the Ottawa defense. How much money did you have left? Uh, I had one. No, I had like a couple. No, I had less than a hundred. Less than a hundred. You go yours, and then you go yours, and then I'll let you know. Here, I'll find it. Okay, Brazilian Ty, you're going to be impressed with me. I've not touched my lineup since Monday. I I got Connor McDavid dollars remaining. I got ninety seven bucks. Okay, so my lineup looks like this: Jeremiah Mazzoli, Marcus Thigpen. I take Jordan Robinson. From Edmonton. I, I had him. I had thought about it. Two games in a row, the Riders have given up a punt return touchdown. They got him involved on the offense a mm-hmm. little bit. 
maybe they get some uh, his speed on the offense some more this week. I also got Jalen Saunders, Duke Williams, DeVaris Daniels, and the Tiger Cat defense. I'm betting against Johnny Football this week. $105 left. That's not bad. I wonder if I put in Jordan Robinson, if I can fit Eric Rodgers in somewhere. Now you've got me thinking. Now it's going to be a late night. Uh, good, good thing all i got to do tomorrow morning is golf. <laughs> how, how many tee times have you had this week? Seven? <laughs> uh, well, I could have golfed Sunday, but we all know I wouldn't have made that. So I golfed Monday and this morning. Nice. And maybe or, tomorrow. Well, I guess Monday and Wednesday and maybe and maybe tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh, maybe man. Maybe Friday. Maybe Saturday. <laughs> You're having the week of a lifetime. Well, I don't know. When I was home during the spring, I golfed six times in four days. That was pretty That was pretty good. I was pretty sore. I didn't lose any weight because I didn't drive to the course, so I put all that weight back on in Michelob Ultras. <laughs> Even the low-calorie Michelobes, eh? Well, they're not that low-calorie when you drink 15 of them. <laughs> We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Check it out at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And, man, there is a podcast for every single topic you are thinking. Uh, There's the Mess Hall Podcast, which I like the idea of because they talk to comedians about food. I like comedians, and I like food. Food. So check out the Mess Hall podcast on the Alberta <laughs> Podcast Network. We're also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And Ryan from the Canadian Football Countdown had uh, me. He actually called me the great Travis Curra for his week eight preview show. So look at that. You better be addressing huh. me as the great. Yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm drawing a line in the sand. <laughs> so follow them on Twitter at CFC on Mike FM. It's the Canadian Football Countdown in the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Brazilian Taya, I guess we'll see you at the game tonight, man. I hope so. <laughs> if not, it'll be hard I, to miss. If not, I'll talk to you for Monday's show. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. Yeah, I sit right next to each other, so if I didn't see you there, I'd be worried for you. <laughs> Drive safe to the game anyway. I'll try my best. I will see what happens. I might have to get somebody else to drive me, depending on how golf goes. All right, buddy. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We'll talk to you Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.